Hi, I'm Akanksha Savnal and this is the Made for More podcast by A Curve Story, one of India's first inclusive and body positive clothing brands. Join us as we chat with change makers who are breaking stereotypes and creating a new normal. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Made for More podcast. My guest today is extremely special cuz I've looked forward to talking to her for almost a couple of months now. Dr. Tanaya Narendra is an Oxford trained doctor, embryologist and scientist who adds fun to fundamental sex education on the internet. She uses social media as a tool to do some fun myth busting, to talk about taboo topics and also her campaigns through the shush. And this helps her promote sexual health awareness. Tanaya is also a pro multitasker with a book underway with Penguin Random House. a medical startup that she runs obviously being a doctor at a facility and running her instagram and youtube by the name dr cuteris she has a very strong stand on body acceptance and inclusivity and who better to have this conversation with than tanaya without further ado i'd like to welcome tanaya to the show today hi tanaya welcome to the made for more podcast i'm so glad that we're able to do this today Thank you so much for having me Akanksha I'm very excited to be here. I want to ask one very obvious question that I've had from the time we approached you to be in the podcast is that sexual health is something that's a taboo in a country like ours and what made you pick that as your topic to actually lend a voice to or create a movement towards I share a story with you that I share with everybody that I meet that asks me this question because it's 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 hilarious and it's very telling of what a sad situation we have with sex ed in our country. So both my parents are fertility specialists, and um, they had a patient. I mean, they had a couple that had been together for seven years and they were unable to conceive. Mm-hmm. We went through the tests. Everything happened. Nothing seemed wrong. There's no reason that these people shouldn't be able to conceive, right? Okay. So my dad finally kind of got frustrated, and he took the husband in the room, and he said, "Dude, what are you doing? Why is this not working?" Mm-hmm. And it turns out, for the past seven years, he had been putting it in his wife's belly button because butcher pets are out there. Oh my god! Oh my god! For seven years. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my god! I mean, his logic—you you can't fault his logic. Maybe butcher pets are pets are out there. Pets are one thing. There you. Oh man. <laughs> This is why we need people like you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, like growing up, I've watched a lot of stories like this, and it kind of became because like sex is a very normal conversation in my household. Like yeah. semen analysis and sperm count is a dinner time conversation. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> because I like, never felt as very much so. <laughs> it never felt as such a taboo thing to me, and I realized that there really is a huge gap. Mm-hmm. and uh, when i went to the uk for my masters i expected things to be different mm-hmm. but i saw that there's like a lack of information on sexual education everywhere be it developed okay. countries be it be it a place as educated as oxford you know the, the oh. same myths the same um, insecurities the same questions with everybody so i thought this is my jam <laughs> <laughs> no actually that's true because you know um, especially uh, with kids or teenagers it's a very common topic to talk about virginity and all of this but nobody really talks about like sexual health or 
like the actual bit about that educates people or makes them aware so like you know this is commendable what you're trying to do because i think india especially needs uh you know a platform or a or a space where you know it's not uh, like for people to just come and be heard or just sort of understand what they are going through so it's it's really good that you know you've created this tiny platform with like your own instagram and youtube that educates thank people thank you so now. much and uh, another thing that i also felt was different was that health professionals overall don't usually end up picking social media as their tool to communicate to their end audience right or especially because of mm-hmm. the kind of hours you all are working and mm-hmm. you know it is it is really heavy on the mind and the body and now that we're living in a pandemic it only gets tougher so may i ask yeah. why social media was something you decided to pick as a tool to like reach to your reach out to your end audience um so i'm quite lucky in work regards even though i work in gynecology and fertility which are which are like gynecology in particular is a very very demanding field mm-hmm. but i'm very lucky that i work with my parents so i get to have very flexible working hours mm-hmm. um and um i always enjoyed using social media for like personal stuff like i'm very stay connected with everybody and watch everybody's stories and message everyone kind of person mm-hmm. so um i felt like it was a medium that a has really good access you know everybody is on social media right um we have really good financial we have really good projections that tell us that one third of india's population is going to be online by 2023 correct that's a massive number so it's correct. the easiest medium that you can use to provide information and it's free right the only thing you pay for is with your privacy but <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> but in terms of sort of large scale public health education it's a free medium it's easily accessible and you can start little movements with it right like correct yes. for example i have a hashtag called filter hatao shakal dikhao because mm-hmm. i used to obsessively use filters on my face right and then one day i opened the camera and i didn't have a filter on my face and i was like I look really ugly. But then um you know it took me 2 seconds to internalize that okay I don't look ugly this is what normal skin looks like. You've just been then, trained you know, to believe it's not enough. Exactly this this perfect poreless skin so just a small movement and I see so many people find that worthwhile. Yeah. Just such a small thing just a little stupid hashtag that came to me after 5 beers. Yeah. And it's helped people so um It's a very nice it's it has a very nice sense of community and you can find people who will rally around the same cause with good reason. Got it. So I find social media works really well for those reasons. No, in fact, not just that, I feel like you know what you're doing also should be taken as a lesson for other uh, people who are trying to uh, bring together public health uh, uh, information or awareness too because like we said like Uh, in, not just instagram social media overall is a free tool that's accessible to all and today every nook and corner you will find people on their phones no matter <laughs> like you know where they come from and that allows you to uh, reach out to so many people for the right reasons and if you're able to do good then i think it should be used so that's that's amazing and my other thing would also be about you know like for example like you just said social media has the power to be good and bad right everything comes with its pros and cons we run a body positive inclusive brand and we face a lot of flack also because there are people with different body types and we are just trying to normalize these things like you spoke about filters we try to normalize things like 
cellulite or stretch marks and these are all normal things like i don't know why people are meant to believe like your skin is like 100% uh, freckle free and only then you're like worthy <laughs> of love or some crap like that so like i mean marble are, skin <laughs> yeah yeah oh my god marble and what is this new glass skin there are all these oh fads god. that uh, you know just keep coming in every single day and we are still kind of learning or motoring our way through um, you know dealing better with this flack so how do you do that because you also talk about very controversial topics because it's not received the same way in our country so how do you take uh, like the flack or these nasty com- comments that may come your way i think i went in with a slightly uh, pessimistically realistic approach to this which is that when i walked in onto social media with a public profile talking about sex i knew as a woman i was going to get hate hmm. it's it's like a hate lasagna right as a woman you're going to get hate on the internet then as a woman with a public profile you're going to get more hate then as a woman with a public profile who talks okay. about sex that's like nice mozzarella sheet on top of your lasagna <laughs> so um i knew it was going to come of course you know it's not to say that it didn't surprise me it didn't hurt me of course it really hurt it still hurts yeah, when right. people say all kinds of nasty things but um i believe i have been a lot more shielded than other people mm because a lot of people that would normally troll people or send them dick i get a lot of dick pics for what it's worth but uh i get, <laughs> i believe other people would get more than this even because um a lot of people that come to troll me actually happen to find content around penises or sex and then they're just like why don't i just watch this is is my thinking maybe i'm being too yeah. optimistic in thinking this yeah. but um I still don't get as much hate as other creators do for example some of my friends who are fashion creators they get a lot of flack mm. um some of my friends who are politically uh politically oriented accounts or you know anything that's even slightly controversial or slightly not mainstream right. they also get a lot of hate so i think right. as a creator you walk in with this expectation ki ye to hone hi wala hai but you just learn to balance your reactions and your emotions towards it um i find being in therapy very useful for that and understanding my um in a dialogue not and also sort of assessing how i can react to it in a constructive way without damaging myself Correct. but also giving the other person some opinion on please shut the fuck up yeah. um <laughs> but not in so many words yeah <laughs> um other than that i also find that a lot of times that this happens with creators who have a very loyal community which i have found that has been there the sex ed community in india is very loyal it's very strong correct um there's a very close knit group of people who will fight for each other and i have been very lucky to find that with other creators as well so a lot of times you don't even realize that there's a fight going on in your comments <laughs> and people have come to your defense and we all do this for each other which i think is lovely no and that's that's brilliant because i mean the life you live i think uh, the, it's it's very easy to miss that there is a brawl going on in your comment <laughs> so, so i'm glad that you have people who uh, you know have your back <laughs> yeah it's very sweet the little little community watches out for each other if there's other creator you know so any other creator who works in sex ed and you know they're getting all of this we have little whatsapp groups and all when like oh somebody's trolling me can you help and then we all go and cute so, fight for each other sex ed soldiers <laughs> <laughs> fighting for the right reasons 
I think it also <laughs> helps that in the end you remember why you're doing what you're doing, right? Like you are here because you want to educate people, you want to make a difference. And that purpose is so much bigger than all these trolls and all the nasty stuff that people come back throwing shade at. So, I mean, <laughs> obviously you you did cover one very uh, interesting and uh, sad topic that people don't know about uh, sex or sexual health but i still want to ask you this out of everything that you generally uh, touch upon in terms of topics on your social media um, handles is there one specific topic that you are surprised people aren't as aware about the cervical cancer vaccine i feel like i harp on too much about this but um, cervical cancer is the second most common cancer i'm going to be using cis normative language here but um, is the second most common cancer in urban women in india hmm. and more women in india die from cervical cancer than in any other country and this is the only cancer in the world that's preventable with a vaccine and yet we don't know about it there's such few people that have had the vaccine or know about the vaccine and you know like the problem with cervical cancer is that by the time it gets diagnosed it's already quite advanced okay so you can you want to be protected early on yeah absolutely just don't let it happen at all and get vaccinated um and it's very unfortunate that the medical fraternity is not pushing this enough hmm. but i feel like anything that's associated with women's sexuality tends to be demonized very very quickly right and yeah. um this is something that happened with the cervical cancer vaccine because one of the ways you get the virus that causes cervical cancer is through sexual contact hmm. Hmm. so there were these very illegitimate fears in people's minds that getting vaccinated will make people more quote unquote promiscuous mm. um without i mean you know your life much rather of this exactly yeah. i'd much rather have somebody be promiscuous and let's let's be clear here it does not make you more promiscuous yeah. but i'd much rather have somebody more prom- promiscuous quote unquote um versus them have an entirely preventable life threatening disease yeah absolutely and i mean if i'm correct this vaccine is like a three shot uh, vaccine right mm-hmm. to right because yep. i remember my family doctor told me about this like 5 6 years ago and i was leaving Yay. for london mm-hmm. and she was like no you have to finish one come back and do the other two <laughs> so like she was like right after like she was behind my life and i'm really grateful that i had a doctor who you know was able to educate us but you are right like we're talking so much about uh, the pandemic and getting vaccinated for that that is how normal a cervical uh, uh, cancer vaccination should be but you know i don't Absolutely. think that equal amount of attention will go towards it because now this is the hot topic but uh, i mean i think there need to be more campaigns and i'm really glad you are doing uh, everything that you are to promote this but we'd also like to do like because we talk to a lot of women through our community as well we'd love to also do a segment where you know we sort of highlight the need for it uh coming Love to that. your very very interesting uh campaign that i read about and i'm really interested to know more on is uh #screwtheshush can you tell us more <laughs> about that um so i was preparing to go live with this um student organization based out of bangladesh and um they had a little description when they were announcing the live that said dr tanya routinely talks about shush topics and i was reading that and i was like but i'm talking about periods as so i turned to my brother and i was like dude why is this a scrush topic just like screw the shush right and then it he's like 
hashtag I'm like okay <laughs> so wow <laughs> that's quite literally how it became a hashtag and I I find it quite amusing that something as routine and as normal and as common as periods and I'm not blaming the organization for calling it shush topic I mean this is a societal societal thing that we tend to see but mm-hmm. it's it's something so routine like we have poop jokes why don't we have period jokes everybody goes to poop in the morning it's as normal as exactly pe- having your periods is as normal as that it's just a bodily function it's like sneezing yeah so yeah i remember watching this movie that was about uh, padman the movie where the guy uh, comes mm-hmm. up with this idea because he wants to he doesn't want his wife to go out in the open or to use a restroom mm-hmm. and uh, the whole reaction of the village like he was doing something wrong and something that he should be penalized for and i was just like he's trying to help his wife in turn help every woman in the uh, village and maybe outside and instead of like encouraging that y'all are like shutting him down and like singling him out and i'm like what is happening and i'm sure it's worse in uh, especially the rural areas and there's so much work to do on this front right like it's it, there are so many layers to this that on uh, and i think the first bit of this is to educate people that this is just like you said as normal as pooping absolutely um so my mom grew up in a village in uh, western up and like a proper village village and now she's a gynecologist and she's the first sex positive doctor that i met in my life and aspire to become like um and she tells me the stories that always just leave me shocked because she used to have really bad cramps she would end up throwing up so she would skip school for a whole week mm. and she would have to use rags and leaves and what not oh man and this is coming from a supposedly well to do family like you know as well yeah. to do as you can be in a small village Hmm. um this is coming from a you know an educated family correct yeah my my grandfather was a teacher so this was still a slightly more liberal uh, household so to speak correct but um it it just brings home the fact that this is such a taboo topic hmm. and even now when we go for example i work with a lot of ngos particularly for young women hmm. who either have been orphaned or just come from less privileged backgrounds um and just they have such simple questions about periods but nobody to ask them because if you know they ask those questions they get shamed for it or they get yeah. told some nonsensical story about it it's really disheartening yeah and um, i mean i just feel like you know there needs to be like some forum or some way for people who don't have the right person to go to to have these questions answered i don't know i mean actually there's a chance i'm not aware but is there like an online forum or some place where people can go find these answers and i'm talking for the rural background not really urban because with urban you'll just google everything but exactly uh, and even there i don't think you get the right information every time like a lot of times because like, you're just guided towards Sorry. some terminal illness instead of like you know just breaking it down for what it is and more often than not the people that are talking about it don't have the requisite education or training in talking about these topics which i think is a really big red flag when um looking out for anybody who is creating 
content books educational materials videos anything about this yeah. so um like I, i can name i don't want to name but there's this very popular youtuber who um it's the guy who mm. talks about who ranks pads and how good they are and how bad they are for you and i mean this is clearly a person who's never menstruated i'm sorry i'm, I'm i digress and you <laughs> going back to the point um there is very limited information that's available mm. for people who don't come from an urban background yeah and when that information is available um i suppose to make it a little bit more formal they use very uh, very um what is the word for it very formal okay. hindi mm. very technical hindi mm. that um you kind of alienate your audience if you don't speak the language correct um and if you're speaking in a very very masik ke samay you know if you speak in that formal tone a lot of people won't understand it right so there's that problem and then there's the access problem because hmm. even if they have mobile phones and they have internet they don't know where to go to find this information correct exactly because this is yeah. even more taboo yeah over there than it is in our circles yeah so um i know that there are certain foundations that are doing a lot of good work Mm-hmm. but i don't know how far reaching that work is but to be very honest whatever work is good work in my eyes at the moment because yes. we, there's such little information out there correct so any any tiny step would be a step in the right direction i would think and um, yeah. something that i love about your um, style of messaging when it comes to instagram or i've not seen much on youtube but whatever i've seen on instagram is that it's very simple the language is simple the words are simple so any layman who knows a little about medicine or doesn't know but still get it you know and that's important like we said because the messaging is so important for it to be absorbed the right way and not be uh, you know taken as misinformation so that's something that is also like a huge plus because if suppose somebody who doesn't come from uh, a high exposure background as ours uh, would stumble upon your page they still would get the information that they need Now we trust I hope they do. <laughs> <laughs> we've spoken a lot about your work and of course like we've spoken a lot about your medical expertise and all that you're trying to build here but now I want to touch a little bit about who you really are outside of work. <laughs> so uh one question that I have is how do you tr- how do you like spending a day uh, in your life if it's not about work? If it's not about work. So I read a lot. I watch a lot of YouTube videos about food and history or the history of food. Oh. Um <laughs> So yeah, usually my day would be this as so my husband has we both have a knack for going around areas around Allahabad. It's a historically very rich area but very unexplored. Mm-hmm. So we go out for a drive, we find some place 30 40 kilometers from here, we go check it out, we have a we make a day out of it. Um I also very social as a person so it's it's a mix of all of these things I'll either hang out with friends but most often you will find me with a book or you will find me with my iPad watching some cooking show <laughs> because even though I can't cook watching cooking shows is wonderful <laughs> Oh man I agree like my ma- I MasterChef was such a stress buster and everyone in my house used to be like you never cook what what the hell are you watching this for <laughs> So I I get that like I I don't know it's just therapeutic to watch somehow whether or not you enter the it's kitchen it's so beautiful <laughs> yeah yeah and then you know all these aesthetically plated dishes you feel so nice just looking <laughs> at them <laughs> 
When I'm sick, I go. I look at baking videos. It makes me feel much better. Oh wow! <laughs> But so I firstly like you got married very recently. So congratulations! I hope that thank you very you much. Know, I hope that you both have a really nice, happy, long uh, life together. And thanks so much. You guys, uh, you actually were a lot in the news on social media about bashing a popular designer for not being inclusive when you went shopping for your trouseau. And just for my listeners, I want to know why you felt the need to sort of call it out. Um, to be very honest, my post was not talking about the designer. My post was talking about bridal body shaming that happens in general. There was one line about it, and things tend to get. blown out of proportion on me in media and that's what happened like they picked up that one line and the entire focus of the story went away and it just became it just became a brand bashing thing and i i was really upset by it because i felt like the important conversation that we were having was lost Correct. but um the important conversation continued in my dms because i remember one thing that really stood out to me was this beautiful tall and i'm talking about like all the checklist thingies that people mm-hmm. look for in beauty yeah <laughs> pretty bride she was thin she was tall she had long hair she had clear skin she was she must have been a size 4 at best like she was very well um very well toned quintessentially normal body types <laughs> absolutely she was a proper sample size and very pretty girl but she was shamed by her family members for having acne on her back that they could see through her uh, dupatta on her head yeah and that just it just it made me so angry that nothing we do will ever be good enough you know it'd yeah. either be you're too fat or you're too dark or you're too you're too i don't know Thin. you have too much it, acne yeah i mean it's very the, the whole point is isn't the whole point to just stop giving a damn and then just living your life now because like you said <laughs> nothing we do is ever enough so who are you really trying to please and which box do you think if you fit into suddenly you will become acceptable none of that exists <laughs> they'll find something else that they'll want you to be boxed in so uh, i mean i agree because you know i i saw that post of yours and uh, even i felt like it wasn't so much about the designer but how you felt by the fact that you know you didn't get what you wanted and uh, that is again something we talk about as a brand because the whole idea is that fashion is a powerful choice to express who you are and that needs to be available to people irrespective right like it doesn't matter whether you're a particular skin tone or you're a certain body type or where you come from if you want to buy something you should have access to it no questions asked absolutely and uh, even the need for fat tags there is like i heard a conversation on one of these discussions where uh, somebody was charged extra for a wedding blouse i know that the embroidery is expensive but so are your margins like you have enough margins that you yeah. can stretch and make it happen you know people don't need to be made to feel bad when they're making exactly. a purchase like it's really important to value customer experience i think because they are who make you who you are so absolutely it's it's, it's a really uh, commendable thing that you started in terms of a conversation because i think it led to like a mini movement of people coming out and sharing their experiences and how you know they just didn't feel happy about a purchase or it's a happy day in your life right i would never say it's the happiest day you're just as happy <laughs> when 
you became a doctor or i started my business i feel like it's one of the happy days of your life and nobody needs Absolutely. to be made to feel like bad about it what i found really surprising was that there wasn't enough conversation around this like i from from my interactions with people i found that this was a very common experience particularly right. with bridal shopping you know right and um, like you said of course it's not the happiest day some may it may be i mean good for them yeah. but um with with how common this experience is i did not expect it to go viral the way it did i did not expect it to um i was honestly just sharing what i felt and like i how sounded like it was from your personal diary you know i remember reading it <laughs> and i was like okay this is like you know unfiltered heartfelt and you're just writing what you experienced but but again because nobody talks about it there is no talk about it every like so many Absolutely. people have felt it but you know you may see things on a campaign on a curvier girl but when you go to a store if you don't get to try it you're not going to feel happy about buying that outfit so these are simple loopholes that are not so tough to you know just tie so that the customer goes home happier with what they buy i would say and shopping is such a fun experience people more than just going for the like the the purchase of the need for purchasing new clothes people also enjoy the activity of shopping you know because it's Correct. fun you, you get happy right you try on yeah exactly you try on new stuff you choose and it's a whole activity you go out with your friends and once that's taken away because you're shamed for something that's very inherent to you yeah. i feel like that really destroys your association of the you may have had correct 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 yeah i do agree but i'm glad that this conversation has also made the fashion fraternity aware of where you know things need to be fixed and improved so everyone leaves at least as a happy customer whether or not they buy from you they should not be made to feel bad about something where you know which is normal so it's hope it's a change that sticks yeah 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 of course do you have an sorry and nothing performative yeah <laughs> i mean with brands like you i i'm very happy to see that there is more inclusivity and there's more diversity right um but i wish sort of the more mainstream big brands as opposed to more indie brands would also go on and embrace this right. change Let's i mean see. i mean this is something even i've spoken about a couple of times like right now body positivity seems like a fad the whole point is that when yeah. this dies down how many people do actually stick by it that is something to watch exactly. out because this is not something like it's not a it's not just a movement it's not like some flavor of the month that goes away tomorrow these are actual people that we're all dealing with and it will be really nice to you know create an experience that uh, leaves everyone pleased at the end of the day right so do you have an experience that you'd like to tell us that you think changed your life an experience that changed my life um i am very deeply invested in scuba diving oh wow um, i didn't know this oh yeah i love diving i'm very uh, i'm slightly obsessed with the oceans and um, the first time i went diving i was 19 i went on a discover scuba dive which is where somebody who's already trained they take your hand and they take you niche huh. um it didn't go quite well they had to fish me out 
uh, I freaked out underwater. My mask filled up with water, and I had like a whole freak out, and it, it just it didn't go well. Mm-hmm. And after that, I became really upset because I thought diving was really fun; it would be great. But then I became afraid of water, and I was always a water baby. Mm-hmm. So then I learned how to dive. And every time I go underwater, it changes my life. It's not an exaggeration. Literally, every time I go down and I come back, because every time I go, I'm afraid, right? Yeah. Because I'm confronting that fear. Yeah. So right now, I came back about four days ago. I was on a diving holiday in the Maldives, and we were doing three dives per day. And wow. every time I would go in, yeah, it was brilliant. <laughs> I was just diving twenty-four-seven for seven days. Um, and every time I would be on the boat near the dive site, hearing the briefing. I would be like, oh my god, 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 and I'd go under, and it would be wonderful. And I'd come out, and I knew that one more time, I have conquered this fear. Yeah. So, so you took it head it on. It makes me feel. I mean, there were a lot of tears shed. It's not as romantic as it's. Oh no, no, of course. <laughs> like it's not easy, right? Like whatever fear, however big or small, it's not going to be easy to conquer it. But at least you are trying, so that helps. And honestly, it's not an exaggeration. Every time I come back out, I feel like there's something new added to my life because it's so meditative. Like somebody else described it in the way that when you go diving, it's the first time you realize that every breath counts. You know, it's a very poetic thing to say, yes. but you you have to monitor your breathing because otherwise you're going to run out of your air and you have to end your dive early and nonsense. But that's the first time you literally like- notice every single breath you take. I actually remember this uh, was a dialogue that Katrina says to Ritik in "Zindagi Na Milegi Dobara" oh. when he says "nasha" oh. and she's like "nasha nahi," her saas ka hai saas hota hai. That is exactly what. <laughs> no, it's very true. It's so true. <laughs> <laughs> so I've obviously like introduced you in in the beginning of the podcast, and we know you wear a lot of hats in a day. So this is my million-dollar question: How do you maintain a work-life balance? I don't have a work life balance. <laughs> my my husband also is also a workaholic, but no, um, I have days where I just sit in front of the iPad and I eat pizza and I do nothing. I have a very outgoing family, so we all get together quite often. So it works out. It works out really well in that way. Um, I also work with my parents, so it's fairly. So I mean, I, my dad's retired now, but I work mm-hmm. with my mom, so it's also very social in that way. Um, yeah. But that's I, nice. It's I think it just. I I I don't think I work as hard anymore as I used to in the earlier days of establishing myself on the. I mean, in, on Instagram, not as a doctor. As a doctor, I'm still hmm. a fetus. But <laughs> um, because I'm able to take back, to take a little bit of a backseat. I still I have two people working for me now, so it balances out a little bit. But yeah, I think um, once you—it's a very cliche thing to say—but when you enjoy what you do, and to be honest, yes, my work is really I fun. I talk about sex. <laughs> it's no, fun. also I do agree. <laughs> if you if you love what you do, it doesn't seem like work. Exactly, and also it's it's talking about sex. There's a lot of jokes, so you're having fun while you work. Yeah, man. So you spoke about uh, reading. So I just want to quickly go into our last segment, which is a rapid fire. Ooh. And <laughs> it's not as fun as coffee with Karan, but we'll try. <laughs> I don't watch coffee with Karan for what it's worth. So yeah. Okay, so then this is your first rapid fire. So yay for that. <laughs> okay, so tell me your favorite book. My favorite book, The Princess Diaries by Meg Gabo. Uh, it's it's not as cheesy and as uh, 
princessy and fairy tale as the film is as the, the book film. is really brilliant and everybody should read it i was introduced to the concept of feminism and environmentalism by a princess book and everybody oh, wow. yes <laughs> what drink would you like to have at the end of a tiring long day i love coconut water otherwise a cold beer nice um is there one outfit you can live your whole life in and please don't say scrubs <laughs> no scrubs are not as comfy i think kaftans are very breezy Yeah, and they look I, pretty. <laughs> I agree. Uh, and now coming to our last question, which is because this is the main promo podcast, I want to ask you if there is an experience, a moment, or something that happened in your life that made you realize that you were made for more. Um, I don't know if there was one pinpoint moment, but I think possibly the most inspirational moment of my life. was um, i was in class 9 and dr abdul kalam was in town so we went to meet him and uh, at that moment i was vehemently against the idea of becoming a doctor because you know regular rebellious teenage Rebel phase and i was like mummy papa yes you nahi banungi so he met me and uh, he was you know he was very fond of children so he ignored all of the adults and we were four kids and he only spoke to us four kids and he's like but you're going to become a doctor and you're going to become a really good doctor oh wow and i was like i'm very sorry to disappoint you but i'm not going to be it he <laughs> knew it he before you he lo- it was like prophetic he held my hand he looked me in the eye and he's like i'm going to see dr tanaya very soon and i was like okay then wow man this <laughs> so, yeah, is, this is actually like a huge moment because uh, coming from somebody who uh, comes from such like such has had such accolades somebody showing that kind of faith in you when you're like so young that means a lot for like a growing young child you know i mean as much as your parents would say it right all of us go like ha mummy papa ko to hum acche hi lagte hain when someone outside says it it has a very different like feeling to it and someone of that stature so exactly um, yeah this is I, more than me still... for more <laughs> <laughs> I still feel really funny because there like my parents there somebody took a picture of that and that picture hangs in my drawing room at home every time I look at it I find I feel it's really funny because at that moment I was so staunchly against the idea of going into medicine mm-hmm. and 3 years later I was in medical school so wow <laughs> you know it 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 was a very um, comically impactful moment in my life yeah I think it must have like subconsciously brought about a shift i certainly hope so so i can go and tell people the president of india told me to become a doctor so i did ha <laughs> uh-huh. now one thing because we've spoken so much about sexual health is there anything that you would like to tell our listeners of course also mention um, where they can find you we will be adding the handles at uh, the bottom of our episode as well but if you can just give them some anything that you'd like to share and where they could find you Um so three things that I always like to harp on about please get vaccinated against cervical cancer I think I've already harped on about it. Um the second is please use condoms. Flavored condoms are there for oral sex they're not meant to add to the ambience. Please use them for oral sex as well. And um you know sex is not meant to be painful so if you're experiencing sex either try first work on more foreplay work on more lubrication or speak to your doctor don't sex is fun sex is brilliant sex is really joyous and it shouldn't be a painful experience for anybody oh now shameless self plug time 
Uh, I am Dr. Underscore Cuteris, that is Uteris with a C. So, Dr. Underscore Cuteris uh, on Instagram. I am the same on uh, YouTube. I don't think you can find me anywhere else. No, on Twitter. <laughs> where there is Dr. Cuteris with no underscore. Thank you so much for being a part of our podcast. And I'm so glad that, you know, we were you were able to give us the time in your super, super busy schedule. Thank and you so much for having me. It's honestly been a pleasure. It's been such a fruitful and like informative conversation because, you know, like I don't come from a medical background and I feel like I did learn a thing or two. And Yay! Uh, <laughs> I mean, that is the purpose, right? Dr. Cutress. <laughs> <laughs> Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store.